Hey, this is Bradley Weber. I'm the pastor of Release City Church, and this is our podcast. I'm super excited that you tuned in, and I really hope today's message encourages you, gives you a sense of hope, and inspires you to pursue all that God has created you to be. Now, let's jump right in to today's message. Welcome to church, everybody. I want to welcome those that are tuned in by podcast. We're not doing Facebook Live today, but, um, uh, but I want to welcome those that are tuned in by podcast because we are excited that you are joining us today in the church. Said amen. amen. So today we're continuing in our collection of talks around the subject, Living from Significance. If you're taking notes today, write that down. This will be part Three of living from significance because so much we spend a majority of our time trying to find significance. We're living for significance. I believe if I do this, then I'll be significant. No, my friend, I'm here today to tell you that you already are. You already were significant before you ever showed up on planet Earth. As we jump into this thing, I want to start back uh, by going back to the core verse. Uh, that I'm actually going to read every week. This is our core verse. It's where we launch from, and then we're going to keep on moving forward. It's in Jeremiah chapter 1. If you brought your Bibles, let's go to that. Jeremiah chapter 1, and I'm going to start with verse, excuse me, verse 5. Jeremiah was a prophet, and God gave him this message, and he said, I knew you before. Everybody say before. That's a key word. That's a, that's a word that will mess you up now. I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Stop. What that tells me is, there's not a lot of verses to support it in the Bible. There's only like four. But what that tells me is you had some type of heavenly existence before you showed up on the earth. Before your mom and dad got together, before there was any biological exchange that took place, where they gave you flesh, you were already created. So where does life begin? In heaven, Republicans get it wrong and Democrats get it wrong. I'm not a political pastor, but I'm telling you, according to the word of God, and that's what we're supposed to base our life on, that life begins, began in heaven. That's what it said. He said, I knew you before I formed you. <laughs> and that word knew, I know some of y'all have already heard this, but I, I think it's, it bears being repeated. That word knew means I, I didn't just have a knowledge of you, but I experienced you. I had an intimacy. I, I knew you. Before you were formed and before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet. Everybody say formed, set apart, and appointed. I want to say this real quick. It doesn't matter where you are in your life right now. It doesn't matter what your age is. It doesn't matter the hardships, the disappointments, or the pain that you may be experiencing at this very moment in your life. I want you to hear this, Pastor, today. You, in your life, you have significance. You are significant to God. You no longer have to live your life in search of something that you already possess. And it's my mission to get you to a place where you start living from that place of significance instead of trying to live for it. Amen? Every week in this series, I, I, I'm hoping that there's a changing of your perspective. A lot of times it's not even the problems that we're facing or the situations. It's our perspective on those problems. It's like today with that soundboard. I could have, I could have lost my mind, but I had a perspective shift. 
So maybe instead of having freak out modes about things that you're going through and letting fear and depression and anxiety and all that stuff bombard you when life gets a little sideways, maybe you should change your perspective of what's actually happening. First of all, it's not, it's not happening to you. It's, it's all about stopping what you carry inside of you. His name is Jesus, by the way, the Holy Spirit of God. Everything that God has done in your life up to this point was to put you in a certain room with certain people to have a certain effect. Remember I told you, we, 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 look at, we, we just strive, we go all through life striving to be successful when really success will never satisfy you. It's understanding that you're significant and then beginning to operate in that significance. So the, 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 everything that God is doing in your life right now and everything he's done up in, to this point and he'll continue to do is to put you in a certain room with certain people to have a certain effect on people, to impact people's life. Somebody say, I have an assignment. Okay. There's a couple scriptures that I read last week that I, I, I want to I go back to uh, so I can point out a couple things um, in a little different perspective. Um, and then we will, then we're going to just, we're going to keep trucking down the track. Amen? I, sometimes I reference airplanes. Today I'm referencing trains. Trains, planes, and automobiles. And John Deere tractors. Amen. For those of you that got that inside joke. So let's go, let's go back to John 1. I want to read scripture, uh, verses 1 through 3. John chapter, John chapter 1 says this, In the beginning was the Word. Now, I remember I told you last week that Jesus' his heavenly name is not Jesus. That was his earthly name. His heavenly name is Word. Matter of fact, he even said, I, I, I'm the Word. Okay. So, 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 so in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing, nothing was made. Excuse me, let me back that up. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In other words, there's nothing on this planet Earth that you can see, touch, or feel that wasn't made by God. Period. Yeah, but, but so-and-so, they, 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 they're in the Guinness Book of World Records, and they came up with this. No, 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 they couldn't create anything from nothing. They used a resource, they used something that was already created by God, by the way. So something that I want to point out is God doesn't just use words to communicate. He uses words to create. Your words are powerful. I wanted to stop right here for just a minute before we continue on in some new area because at least once a year I do a teaching on taming the tongue or the power of your tongue, but I felt the, I felt the Holy Spirit hit the emergency brakes and say it's important that somebody in that room today, if not everybody, hears, be careful what you say because your words create. If we would just recognize that oftentimes the reason that we end up in, 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 uncom in uncomfortable places in our life is because we don't particularly, that we don't particularly like is due to the fact that we're unwilling to control our tongue. Now let me, let me, let me, let me say that again. The reason we find ourselves in uncomfortable situations most of the time in our life is because we, we, don't, we don't know how to control this thing. Uh, our tongue. Can I just pastor you a little bit? I know somebody, I came for a good word. I'm giving you a good word. Because if you'll get this word and control your words, your world will shift and change. I promise. 
and your marriage will change and your relationship with your kids will change. Come on, somebody. Listen, we don't like our life, but we, for, we forget that we created it and we framed it up with our words. This was my first point. If you're looking for a pastor with a point, this is my first one. Here it is. If you don't like your life, change your talk. If you don't like your life, change your talk. Yeah, but she's not going to get any different just because I say she's different. No, but your attitude towards her will change everything, can make a difference. See, you're negative. It's not just about the word. It's also about the tone. You communicate not just with words, but you communicate with your tone. I'm just telling you. I can say, baby, I, girl, I love you. You hot. You, you do it for me. You blow me up. Just woo Or I can say, girl, you hot. You blow it up for me. It's all in my tone. She'd be like, are you scaring me? We ain't going nowhere. You go to the other room. <laughs> right? It's all in our tone. Just use a little humor there, but hopefully you're identifying in your own life how your tone needs to shift and change. I just try to make funnies about our relationship. Sometimes I'm too much for Mrs. Weber. And the fact that she's like, how old are you? I thought you were 48. You're acting like a 24-year-old. Well, there's a story behind that. <laughs> hey, okay, let's keep on moving. John chapter 1, let me, let's, let's keep on skipping down to verse 12. I, I did read this last week, but they, I wanted to put a little something on it, and then we're going to move forward. Here we go. But as many as received him, to them <clears throat> he gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name who were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, and the glory, excuse me, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. My next point is this. Words will always become flesh. Okay? When, G, when God spoke, he created, he formed us, out of the dust, and he gave us flesh. But your words will always introduce something in the natural. <laughs> I got some ideas and thoughts, but I don't want to embarrass anybody or myself. So, um, and I, usually I pick on me, but I'm going to play it safe today. Say, good, good, good word, Pastor. Good word. Keeping it safe, yes. Listen. Whatever is coming out of your mouth all the time will happen in time. Whatever is coming out of your mouth most of the time will eventually show up in time. There's power in your words. Here's something else. You ever heard anybody say things like, I just don't know if I'll ever get, out, I'll ever get through this situation. Anybody ever heard somebody say that? Anybody ever said that? How about this one? Well, you know that curse has been in our family for forever. And guess what? There it remains. Why? Because you haven't changed your perspective. You carry the power and the anointing, and I'm not going to jump all the way to the end of my notes, but you carry something that can break that, 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 that generational curse. Yeah, but it's always been there, and it'll stay there until you start speaking to, this no longer has a hold on my family. I will not accept what used to, has always been generation after generation. It stops with me. Something changes with me. I'm not going to leave the same stuff that I've had to battle because of the sins of my father or the sins of, of my family members. Hello? 
I'm going to stop this thing so they don't have to deal with it. They're going to have their own issues to, to worry about, let alone having to carry what I, what I started or what I refuse to stop. Permission to speak freely? Be careful what you wish for. Perhaps some of you here today are in the season that you're in that should have already ended a long time ago, but your mouth is keeping it alive. Maybe the season that you're in is continuing because you keep it alive. You're keeping it alive with your mouth. Example, that divorce that you went through, it's over. I'm speaking from experience. Quit communicating with dead things. When I went through my divorce, and that's not an ugliness to, 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 to my ex or the mother of my, my child, but the marriage, and th that was dead. And Amy can tell you that, that before she and I started dating, that I went through a long time before that ever happened. But what I need you to understand is the nights that I would roll back up into my little, my little bachelor pad by myself, completely crushed because my world was just falling apart, I kept the hurt hurting because I couldn't stop talking about it. So I know a little something about what I'm saying. Maybe the season that you're in should have ended a long time ago, but you're keeping breath in that thing. You're keeping life in that thing because you won't shut up. <laughs> now, if Dad heard me say that word, I'd be running laps in the backyard because his, 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 his players used to tell me all the time, B, how do you say that word? He, we say that on the court, we'd be running suicides. Shut up. Sometimes you need to tell the devil, no, 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 shut up. Stop talking that garbage to me. We, we just, well, brother, we just, we just, well, devil, just stop. No, tell him what you really feel like. I'm trying, brother, I'm trying. Listen, I'm not saying that the divorce didn't hurt. I'm not saying it wasn't traumatic. I'm not saying your credit score went, took a nosedive. I'm not saying that that, that, that that child custody battle didn't take something out of your soul. But what I am saying is it's over. Stop communicating with dead things. How long will you let it live? I'll tell you how long. As long as you talk about it, it'll continue to live. Where's all my married people at? Okay. Okay. Let me roll, on. Let me roll, let me roll this one down the track. Quit holding on to the mistakes of your spouse from their past. You're keeping it alive. Hello. What happened to all my amens? I feel like they just got a sin, they just, all my all my amens got tied around the cinder block and just shoved to the bottom of the ocean because they ain't there no more. Quit holding on to the mistakes of your spouse. Every time you bring it up, all you're doing is keeping the same anger, the same pain, and the frustration alive in you, and you're continuing to remind your spouse that they failed. What are you doing? You're eating at their significance. We're, I'm trying to build confidence and build significance. But you go home and you yang, 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 and yang, yang, yang. And you should have, and you didn't, and you should, you should have still done. No, no, what you're doing, yes, you're, you're, you're keeping it alive in you, and you're also keeping it alive in them. Y'all still love me after that? Okay. 
Wow. Welcome back. Amens. What, what's, what does any of this have to do with your significance? Everything. <laughs> I just said it. Everything. I paused here to point out the fact that there are things that you will fight to, that we, do, we will have to fight through to keep us from recognizing our significance and living from that place. Let me say this and I'll transition and move on. <laughs> We've really got to start confronting what we say. Let me say that again. You can write that in your notes. I have to start confronting what I say. Not just to other people, but self-talk. How you speak to yourself. I am my worst critic. See, you guys see the bold version of B. My wife, Angelie, sees a raw version too. But Amy sees, <coughs> she sees the lack of self-confidence. She sees the me questioning do you think the people would rather have a different pastor? Like, she, she hears all that. Why? Because of the way I speak to myself. It's called self-talk. See, the voice on the inside of you, it either kills your confidence or it raises your confidence. The voice inside of you either makes you worried and afraid or it makes you full of faith. Oh, my gosh. What's going to happen this election? Oh, my gosh. What's going to happen with it? Oh, my gosh. What about the government shutdown? Oh, my gosh. What about this? And then you come to church. I'm just full of all this anxiety and stuff. Of course you are. Because whatever you put in <laughs> is coming out. See, every one of us has an internal voice. And if that voice is not pointing you forward towards your significance and your assignment, you've got to turn that voice off and begin listening to the voice of God. All right, let's shift gears. First John chapter 2. Everybody good? Ah, oh, yeah, we're doing real good. All right, here we go. First John 2.20 says this. But you have an anointing from the Holy One. We're talking about significance now. But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. That's the opportunity for every wife to nudge your husband and say, I've been trying to tell you. I know everything. <laughs> and she just gave me that look. Well, you just said it, Pastor. That's what she just looked at me. I, I felt what she said through those eyes because the eyes just kind of went from big eye to... <laughs> <laughs> touch your neighbor tell him say that verse is talking about us we know everything you're anointed and you know everything okay let's let's break that down listen the word anointing is a word that we used to hear a lot in church not so much now but something that i want to make perfectly clear to you today is this anointings don't just belong to people on a platform who stand under lights and who hold a microphone Anointings are not just for people who carry titles in the church. See, you have an anointing. The Bible just said it. When you received, when you received Jesus, the word made flesh in your heart, the Bible says there is this simultaneous act that happens where you are cleansed by the blood of Jesus. Oh, my gosh, and we're doing communion Sunday, so all this is just coming together. 
You were cleansed by, the, cleansed by the blood of Jesus, and then you become a suitable house for the Holy Spirit to come and live inside you. Meaning, Jesus did the cleaning so that the Holy Spirit could move in. Because, see, he's not just a spirit. He's Holy Spirit. So he had to clean us up from the inside out. Now, I understand there's still some outward things that still need a little work. They do in my life, too. But see, that's what religion, we talked about that earlier. That's what religion will say. I need, to see, I need to see Jesus start on the outside. I need to see you clean up that, brother. I need you to see you, see you lay that down. I need you to see you stop. I need to see, I need to see change. Well, first of all, you're not on the throne. <laughs> Jesus starts his work. God starts his work on your inside, and then it comes out. As, as you begin to put more in, guess what? That stuff on the outside has to come off. Just push back on that religious spirit just a little bit. No time for it. Jesus didn't have it, and neither shall I. See, a lot of churches stop their message, the Easter Sunday message. They stop with the resurrection, and Jesus saved us. But you need to understand, why did he save you? Well, first of all, because there's significance in you. See, Adam messed it up. All the way back to the garden. Yes, Jesus saved you for a reason, so that he could, so he could come and do what he ne needed to be done to save you, but he went back so the Holy Spirit could come and stay. You got God the Father, God the Son, and the Holy Spirit, three in one. Remember I told you, Trinity is not a, is, is, Trinity is not a Bible word. Trinity is a, is a, is a, it's a word we, we, we put together so we can make it make sense. Tri means three, unity means one, three in one. So Jesus came to clean us up so that the Holy Spirit could come. And he went back so the Holy Spirit could come and stay. If you looked in heaven right now, you would have the Father, the Word, which is, which is the Son. We know that, right? Where's the, Holy, where's the Holy Spirit? He's not there. He's here. He lives in you. See, Jesus came, got us right, went back, sat down, and so the Holy Spirit could come and dwell in each one of us. I am giving you straight Bible teaching today. I'm trying to tell you there is significance on the inside of you. And it starts with you recognizing you are anointed and the Holy Spirit and the wisdom and the knowledge of God will allow you to know all things. Hold on, I'm, I'm going to get there because y'all like, I don't, I, I'm having a hard time with that. Know all things because there's things I don't know. Hot news flash, your pastor don't know everything. I don't know everything in the word. I'm a student of the word just like you. Anybody getting that anything? I am I feel like I am preaching. Bottom line, he's in you. He's in you. The Holy Spirit is in the earth in you. So so John 2:20, we just read says you have an anointing. What does that mean? You've heard people say things like, that was an anointed service, or man, bro, that was an anointed word. That, that was you, I think you've even said, that's an anointed song. I, I, I can tell the anointing is on your life. Listen, what that means is there is a tangible sense of the presence and power of the Holy Spirit on your life. Basically, what they're saying is, I can tell that the Holy Spirit is inside of you. I've said this before. We were somewhere in Atlanta. I was ministering somewhere. I think Karen Wheaton was on the ticket or whatever. And, and somebody stopped us in the hotel, and they said, this was back when I was in my 20s. And they said, they said, you remember this? You're going to remember. There is something. Bro, I didn't even know this gentleman. He said, there is something about you. 
And I smiled because I knew. It's the anointing. It's not that just I'm, that I'm saved. It's not that just I'm born again. It's that I am operating and I'm allowing the Holy Spirit. That doesn't mean everything's going good in my life. That means that even when it's wrong, I'm still all right. So let me say this. If you've been born again, meaning you're a Christian, you have an anointing. Now, whether or not you operate in it, that's, that's your call. But why wouldn't you? Now, 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 the second half of that verse said, and you know all things. Jesus said, it's not going to be on your screen, but he said in Acts 1.8, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you shall be my witnesses. You shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth. So not only is the Holy Spirit your power agent, but he's also your central intelligence agency. You know all things. Did I say all that too fast? Because the, the Jesus said, the, the, when the Holy Spirit comes on you, you shall receive power, and then you're anointed. That's where the anointing comes from. And then you shall know all things. That's your central intelligence agent. <laughs> Watch this now. You know all things, not in your mind, but because of your anointing. Because I'm confessing to you right now, I don't know everything. I don't know it. I don't know everything. But the Holy Spirit, when I submit to him, instead of pushing my way, my agenda, and I got to do this my way. When I say, not my way, Holy Spirit, not my will, but your will be done. He will begin to give me supernatural wisdom. I'm, I don't know everything, but bless God, I'm learning. Some of y'all just watching me learn. I don't claim just because I'm up here to know everything. I don't know it all. And if you ever find somebody or a pastor who feels like they do, run. Dangerous. All right, let's go back. I want to go back five verses. Five verses from where we were. Let's go back to verse 15. We were at 20. Let's go back to 15. Says this, do not love the world or any, excuse me, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Many of you recognize that verse. Now, I grew up in a time in some, where in some churches there was this thought that you had to be broke and your brokenness made you holier. And they tried to be super spiritual and called it suffering for Jesus. <laughs> Listen, what did that look like? Nobody had a lot of money. Nobody could do anything fun. It would literally take 50 years to raise enough money just to paint the church. Huh? Anybody remember those days? You, you couldn't be fashionable. You couldn't, you couldn't have a fashionable hairstyle. That don't make no difference to me, y'all. I work with what I got. You couldn't wear fashionable clothes, and they thought, they thought it made you holy. It didn't make you holy. It made you ugly. <laughs> just, just. Why? Because they defined it as loving the world. All right, 16, verse 16. 
For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. Yes and amen. Listen, this is what he's saying. Don't love what your eyes love. Don't love what your flesh desires. Don't love the things or the people that stroke your ego. But some churches only stop at verse 15. They had us convinced that your car had to be 25 years old, broke down on the side of the road, and held up by a jack. That's what called you holy. So, so let's talk about this thing. 1 John 2.16. I've got, I've got, the Bible says that you have a sin nature. You always will have a sin nature. Yes, you've been saved, and, but you will always have a sin nature, okay? So you got a sin nature, and you got the anointing. Okay, let's talk about it. So let's talk about this thing. 1 John 2, 16 says, I've got this lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. But then in verse 20, I've got this anointing. See, both are wanting two different things. And they're pulling me in two different directions. Galatians 6, 7, and 9 says this. This will not be on the screen. That whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. You don't, like what you're, you don't like what's happening in your life, but you're sowing seeds from your tongue. And whatever you sow, you're going to get a harvest. So you, start, you keep bashing your spouse. You keep bashing your wife, your husband, and you're going to reap a harvest. Keep bashing your pastor. Keep bashing the people in the community. You're going to reap a harvest. And they can't figure out how come everybody's bashing you. You sow the seed, baby. I mean, I hope nobody's bashing me, but I'm just, I'm just telling you. You wonder why you're getting bashed? Change seed. In other words, I've got these two contradicting things happening on the inside of me. And if I turn my flesh loose, it's only a matter of time before my life goes on a downward, downward spiral. Let me say this. You can write this down. Your biggest fight is the fight that's happening in you, not around you. That's your fight. The struggle is, because the flesh is there, and so is the anointing. I said this all the time, I'm going to use it again. The dog you feed is the dog that leads. You got a flesh dog and a spirit dog. Whatever dog you feed will be the dog that will lead you. So if you're constantly feeding your flesh with crap on TV, crap on the radio, hanging out with crappy people, I figured he said crap, so I could go ahead and say it a little more, right? And then you wonder why your life's full of crap. Change. Listen, just say it. Say change the crap. How'd you feel when you said it? Good? Uh, nope. Nope. <laughs> no. You say it at home. <laughs> so as Christians, we've got these two existing natures that are warring in us, pulling us in opposite directions. Can I drill down just a little bit deeper? It's 11.59. Just give me seven minutes. Oh, I'm almost done. So what's your takeaway so far? Here it is. Don't love those things. Love your assignment and your purpose. Don't love those things. We got to pay attention to this. Why? Because our flesh will always lead us down an opposite road. Example, gentlemen, she's the marrying kind, but she ignites your flesh. 
ladies, he excites you. He excites you, but he'll love you and keep his covenant with you. So you have an anointing. Now, let me say this. That word anointing in the Greek means Christos or Christ. So wherever you see the word Christ it me- in the Bible, it means, excuse me, it means anointing. You will see this throughout the New Testament. That we, in Christ we have this inheritance. In Christ we have been chosen. We are united with Christ. We're united because of the anointing. The reason a lot of churches have division in them is because everybody's operating in the flesh instead of the anointing. Christos. That's why when you, when you connect with this ministry in the new member's creed, it, it, you're based, you, you say with your words, with your mouth, I will not be an agent of division. And I will not put my preference over God's purpose for my life. Yeah, but I like it to be this way. But that may not be the way God is doing it. Because in his word he says, behold, I'm doing a new thing. We're holding on to old ways, trying to get new results. That will never happen. I, 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 I got six. Philippians 4.19 says this, my God shall supply. You're going to get a lot of enemies if you keep agging me on in the house. Because they, they're trying to, no, he's doing good. He's doing good. He says, my God shall supply all your needs according to what? His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. So, so side note, he supplies all your needs when you're functioning in your anointing. My God shall supply all my needs according to his riches in Christ. In the anointing, for those who are operating in the anointing. You can't pray for God to supply all your needs if you're operating in the flesh. It will not work. Then you get mad at God and you leave the church for 50 years. 1 John 2.18. I'm coming down. I'm getting ready to bring this thing to a close. Little children, it is the last hour. Oh my gosh, y'all, this is fixing to get you. It is the last hour, and as you have heard... That the Antichrist, now don't freak out, because I remember back in the day they showed us that movie Left Behind, and I, 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 had, I was raised in a pastor's home, and bless God, I went to the altar and got saved. Again, <laughs> because of the movie Left Behind. Okay, listen, little children, it is the last hour, and as you have heard, that the Antichrist is coming. Listen, even now, many Antichrists have come. Hold on. By which we know that this is the last hour. They went out from us, but they were not of us, for if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that they, excuse me, that none of them were with us. (laughs) Did I lose you? Okay, hold on. So you do have the Antichrist. He is an end-time figure. But according to this scripture, there are Antichrists Spirits that are already at work in the earth. Okay, watch this now. This is good teaching. Listen, when, whenever people leave you, it's because they're not of you. Let this build your faith right here. Whenever people leave you. Now, s- side note, if you're not operating in the anointing and people leave you, it may not be them, it could be you. Nine times out of ten, it is you if you're not operating in the anointing. 
But if you're operating in the anointing and you're listening to the Holy Spirit of God and people leave you, it's because they're not of you. And the fact that they left you is a manifestation to the fact that they never were with you. Some of you think you're losing people. You're not losing anybody. God is revealing. Don't get caught up when people walk away and out your life. See, I think about the people who, who have turned their back on us over the years and, and walked away. Sure, they went out from me. Why? So God could reveal the fact that they never were with me. I cringe when people say, Oh, Brother Bradley Weber, we love you. You're an amazing pastor. I start the countdown. I start the clock because it won't be long. Now, don't get me wrong. I need to be encouraged, and I know the difference between I love you because I feel like I can control you and get you to say what makes me feel good. It's my preference over the purpose for this house. And I promise you, this pastor will always defend and go to battle against people's preference over the purpose for this house. And the religious don't like it. I'm not angry. I'm, I'm trying to get you guys to see a supernatural fight. How do you fight in the supernatural? It's not with the fist. It's with your words. See, I'm seeing things in the atmosphere that lets the devil know, not today, not ever. And most of the time when I preach and come against religious spirits, and it happened just a few weeks ago in our lobby, I get attacked by the religious spirit. It happened just this week at a local place that I, that I go to frequently. I said one thing, and that spirit who never says anything sideways to me came at me, and I shut it down. I never claimed to know everything about the Bible, but I can tell you, I know the difference between the anointing, the Spirit of God, and the Antichrist. And you need to know it too. I've used my seven. I'm almost done. So when people walk away, recognize that what was God doing? He was protecting you. And what you're crying over, <laughs> they left me. God is smiling over because now there is nothing standing in your way. In closing. This is what he says. There's an antichrist spirit that's already in the earth. It's not, it's not the person, but the spirit of Antichrist. What does anti mean? Against. What does Christ mean? The anointing. So Antichrist is somebody who is against the anointing. I'm getting ready to make some things. I'm getting ready to speak some. I'm sowing some seeds in the atmosphere here right now. The Antichrist spirit is anything that's against the anointing that you carry. I've been in some churches where they don't want the anointing. They just want their service flow chart. They don't talk about the Holy Spirit. They don't demonstrate the Holy Spirit. They don't lay hands on people in the power of the Spirit, which by the way, Miss Pearl, I haven't forgot you. They don't impart the things of the Spirit. They don't operate in the gifts of the Spirit. That, my friends, is an anti-Christ spirit against the anointing. And it didn't start outside. 
It started inside. Why? Because the Bible says they went out from us. Not they never were in here and they're talking bad-mouthing us. They were a part of us and they went out because they weren't of us. And I've always prayed, God, reveal those people and show them the door. If they refuse to be changed, anybody's welcome here. But my prayer has always been, and he has always, I'm telling to this day, he, he has always shown them the light. Because God protects us. For the record, Release City Church is for the anointing. We are not anti-anointing. Listen, worship team, come. I want you guys walking out of here every week so full of the anointing, completely aware of your significance that your assignment will just fall into place every day. Miss Pearl, get ready. Adam, I'm going to get you to come, and we're going to pray for Miss Pearl. My prayer is that every hour of your day that you would be led by the Spirit of God and the anointing, meeting people that you're supposed to meet, impacting the lives of people that you don't even know, that God's unexplainable favor would be so strong on your life that things would just line up in such a way that all you can say is, it was God. For some of you, you may not have the resume for that promotion. Some of you may not have the credentials for that promotion. Some of you maybe are going to start getting promoted and success is going to follow you. Why? Because you have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you giving you wisdom and understanding. I'm just telling you, if you will let this burn on the inside of you, you have it. Embrace it. And watch the unexplainable happen in your life. Well, thanks again for tuning in. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. For more content from Release City or just to stay connected with us, be sure to check us out on all of our social media platforms at Release City Church or through our website at releasecitychurch.org. We love you. And until next time, the best is yet to come.